Hi there and welcome back. It is such an honor to have you. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I am popping in to record an intro to share some exciting news with you in addition to introduce you to today's guest. So first of all, whoop, whoop, I am hosting my first ever giveaway. And what am I giving away? I am giving away one session with me, having your Akashic Records read. So these are 45 minute to hour long sessions. You are, you bring in two big questions and we kind of see where the master teachers and loved ones want to take you. It's a pretty incredible journey. And what's amazing about the records is that every time you are involved in having your records read, or even when you listen to the records being read, you're energetically healed. So you walk away from the experience just feeling amazing, full of love, peaceful, plus having some pretty epic wisdom. So I'm a huge fan. I go in the records as much as possible for myself, and I know that you are going to love it. So to enter this giveaway, what you want to do is go to iTunes, leave an honest review about this podcast, take a screenshot, and email it to me at souldrivenpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. You're entered. Second piece of news, you 100% want to make sure you are on the email list. You can find a link in the show notes. Big, big, big news is coming next week, and I can't wait. I wanted to share it with you this week, but mm, I was told it was not the week. So I'm trying to be patient, really, really trying. But make sure you're on the email list because you are not going to want to miss this. Third, if you haven't listened to the last epi- episode, October's Akashic Record reading, where the theme is stand tall, you must. And if you've listened to it and have your own insights to share, I would love for you to hit me up on social media or you can send me an email and let me know what it is that you are taking away from it. But I wanted to share kind of briefly that Let's see, today is the 5th. I'm recording this on the 5th. It will go live on the 7th. But as of today, I have already dealt with three huge, huge things that have required me to stand tall, to lay down boundaries, to stand tall in my self-sovereignty, to not engage in, what do we call it, lower behavior, to not go off or to be rude or to make assumptions or um, to think the worst of the other person. And wow. (laughs) You know, the thing is when you read a forecast in the Akashic Records, whether it's for the day or the week or the month, there's always a theme. And that theme just really rides throughout it's, it's pretty incredible and also really cool, but I have to say that five days in and I'm like, okay, universe, I can take a break now. I'm good. <laughs> uh, because whew, standing tall is not easy, right? 
and standing tall in your self-sovereignty and who you are and what you will and won't allow in your life. These are not easy things, especially for this time, especially, oh my gosh, especially for all of the energetics and the things that are happening right now. So I'm going to kind of share a little bit more of these in depth with you on next week's lesson. But if you have been experiencing your own stand tall uh, themes, feel free to share. I would love to hear them because I know I'm not alone. All right, so today's guest is Miss Saida Rose. I'm going to read her bio. Saida is a spiritual mentor, intuitive channel, and healing force with a practical approach to ascension and self-mastery. Her journey started from the beginning of her life with an interest in Egyptian mythology and astronomy that evolved into an affinity towards healing, esoterica, and spiritual work. It was Reiki that triggered the transformation that pulled Saida deep into herself to discover more of the truth of who she was and what she came here to do. From that point on, she has continued to dive deep into the realms of spirit, working with angels, star beings, fairies, and her ancestors to support her on her spiritual path. She was forced to face her fears, face her past, and deal with her issues head on, which proved to be difficult and emotionally challenging. But on the other side of those challenges, Saida grew exponentially and at an accelerated rate. Now she is able to maintain a clear channel with spirit, even in the midst of life's challenges that still emerge on the path. Saida's goal is to help people rediscover the truth that has always existed within them through heart attunement. She believes that the heart is the portal to the soul, and through this, all wisdom can be accessed. For Saida, it's about accepting oneself during each and every part of the journey. It is about tapping into what brings joy and fulfillment in each moment, while also embracing the darkest moments in life. Saida is passionate and serious about what she does, while also maintaining a playful, childlike spirit. So I got to know Saida through an animal communication class workshop back in May, I believe. And we followed each other on Instagram and exchanged messages about... um, animal spirit guides about just all kinds of stuff she's definitely someone i enjoy reaching out to if i have a question or amusing and it was such a pleasure to bring her on the podcast we talk about all kinds of different things um her work as an ascension guide uh spirit communication you know and this conversation is really heart-centered Not only because she is very focused upon the heart, but because I think it's just something that is both near and dear to both of us. It was such a pleasure, and she is truly a light, and she hasn't even fully stepped into herself. I can't wait to see where she's at a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. Her light will be blinding. So anyway, without further ado, enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. 
Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, and I'm your host. Thank you for being here. Welcome back, folks, and thank you for joining us for another soul-driven interview. These interviews are with people from all walks of life who have discovered their true purpose and are living it out every day. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Saida Rose, intuitive counselor, energy healer, and ascension guide. Welcome to the show, Saida. Such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I did say your name correct, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good. Saida. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty. What is it? Do you know what it means? Yeah, it's actually Arabic. It means um, happiness. To be honest with you, I'm very flexible with how my name is pronounced. I know some people are like, it, you don't, they tell me how to pronounce my name. They're like, you're not saying it right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, it's not Saida, it's Saida. You know, they put a little bit more emphasis on it, but quite honestly, I don't care <laughs> too much. I'm okay with the fluid um, expression of it and also the more staccato expression. I'm okay. Yeah. Like, so it's like Saida? Yeah, they put, yeah. I think you put a little bit more emphasis emphasis on the e, okay. you know, because um, it's Arabic, so it, it technically has like an accent around yeah. that area, like um, where there's a little bit of a cut. But I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And Saida sounds good too. Like, just Saida. I'm like, it's fine. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I I mean, you know, with my name Anna, I I I get the whole gamut. It's Anna, Una, Ina. I mean, it's. <laughs> So I'm, yeah, I'm with you too. People pretty much always mispronounce it and they're like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you're not going to be the last one. Yes. <laughs> okay. You get used to it after a while. Like, what are you going to do? There's a lot of names that I can't pronounce out there. So yeah, there's a lot of regular words I can't pronounce either. Um. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, thank you for coming. Being on the show, I'm really, really excited to talk with you today, kind of like we were chatting before we started recording, especially once I dove into your website, it was like, oh my goodness, I have all the questions. Um, but let's start off with the question I ask everyone. What makes you soul-driven? Uh, what makes me soul-driven is that I only do what calls to my soul, so... I only do that which brings contentment, which brings joy, that brings a sense of love and happiness. So for me, that's what living from my soul means, is only doing that which brings love or happiness or just a feeling of overall life, you know? So for me, following my heart is what makes me soul-driven. And for me, the heart is the portal to the soul. So if you're living from your heart, you know, that's really, from my opinion, that's what, that's all that's required for living from the soul, being soul driven. I love that. Um, So of course, like my, like the first question that pops in my head is like, what about all of the things that we have to do in life that, that don't make us happy or that don't bring us contentment? How do you deal with those? Yeah. So, you know, that's a really good question because I've had to deal with a lot of that. I've had to deal (laughs) with a lot of things that were, that were not fun, that were very difficult, 
very emotionally taxing. But what's interesting about those things is that I feel like it takes some kind of like going through it a few times before you realize that doing those things, even when it's emotionally taxing and it's difficult, there's still a part of you that knows deep down in your soul that there's a reason why you have to go through it or there's either there's a reason why you have to go through it or there's a light on the end um, at the end of the tunnel or something. So for me, I feel very strongly that it's important to live from a place that is authentic, you know? So when it comes to those times where we have to engage in those really deep and dark feelings and emotions, that's a big part of living is just being in a space of authenticity. And I feel like it took me some time to realize that as shortly after my awakening, actually, that I wasn't able to deny how I felt anymore. I wasn't able to stuff down my feelings anymore. Even though it was difficult to deal with them, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get to where I wanted to be, whether it be physically, location-wise, or emotionally, to a state of happiness until I acknowledged those things that I just <laughs> wasn't necessarily comfortable with. Um, but I had to do it. It just, it, even though I didn't like it, it felt right, if that makes sense. <laughs> it felt like I, I had to deal with it or else. Um, so I feel like even in the midst of those for people on a collective level, um, even if it doesn't bring joy right away, it's part of being authentic. So it really is about doing what makes you you, even if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling angry or um, if you're feeling down and out just overall, you know, authenticity is really important. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the marketing world, um, you know, the being authentic thing, just, it got very popular. I don't know, gosh, like four years ago now, five, actually probably more than that. Um, and it became this trendy thing to be authentic, which really bothered me because it was kind of like, you know, how even the spiritual community can like work right now. It's it's a bit more of a trend than actually yes. the depth that's associated with it. And I think being authentic is so difficult. <laughs> you know, I think it's incredibly crucial and so important for us. But it's hard, you know, like to really be authentic and to be okay being like, I'm angry right now, or I'm not in the best mood. I don't really feel like talking or whatever the case may be. And actually showing up as ourselves takes a lot of work. Um, and of course, when things become trendy, then we think that they're easy or we think that there's like a way to hack ourselves to, you know, to that kind of an outcome. Um, instead of understanding more of the journey to being authentic, you know, because I feel like that's probably a forever journey that we're on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that, um, unfortunately, when it comes to um, certain spiritual circles over the past few years, because it has become trendy, we've lost a lot of the meat. <laughs> we've lost a lot of the um, a lot of the foundation of what spirituality is. And it's not about how you dress. It's not about your diet. It's not about 
how you do your hair or, you know, even whether it be doing readings or whatever, spirituality is really just about being you. And like you said, it is difficult to constantly be in a state of, of purity and authenticity within yourself. Purity, not necessarily being, like I said, not being positive all the time, but sometimes purity is just being in alignment with whatever is emerging in the moment and not resisting it. That can be difficult. Um, so I think when <laughs> spirituality became trendy, we lost a lot of that. It was more so about what it looks like, you know, the idea of what spirituality is as opposed to what it actually is. Yeah. You know? And it is it's like, it is a lifelong journey. You're always discovering more um, and expanding until you leave this earth. So speaking of a lifelong journey, um, I definitely want to kind of know a little bit about your background before we get too lost in conversation. <laughs> so I'd love to know kind of like where you come from. And um, in addition, uh, I, I would love for you to share with us your spiritual breakthrough that happened in 2012. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to uh, um, <laughs> make this as simple as possible and just touch upon like the hot points. Um, but basically, um, well, I was born and raised in New York, so I've been here all of my life. Um, and I was interested in somewhat spiritual topics from a very young age. Um, I was always interested in Egyptian mythology and their cosmology and things like that. And I did grow up with a mother that was kind of into that stuff. Um, she had one of Yogananda's books and she read these books on life after death. So I was exposed to it a little bit as a kid. Um, but it was really when I reached to, actually I don't remember how old I was. Um, it was a little bit before 2012. I think it might've been in 2000. 11 or so, but I was basically in college and I was doing a yoga fusion class uh, to fill some credits. And I went into a state of meditation while I was in yoga and I was like, I want that. Like, I want to do that again. Whatever that was, that peace, that calm, I want to do that. So I started to read up on uh, the chakras and yoga a little bit more. And I started engaging in meditation. Um, and it was at around that same time that I stumbled upon Reiki. Okay. And I was actually in school for nursing at the time. So I stumbled upon Reiki and I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> you know, I feel like it definitely made me realize that for all these years, all these years where I enjoyed helping people and I also enjoyed certain aspects of like spirituality or this energy of spirit that I wanted to go in that direction. I wanted to help people in a more spiritual or holistic way. So I, got into Reiki, did the first level, which was awesome. I felt like I was on a cloud. I was in peace all the time and I just felt really good. And then I did the second level and everything just turned absolutely upside down. Not as soon as I did it, but shortly after is when things shifted for me. So um, I was in a relationship at the time and uh, I was with this person, but um, I'm not sure if everyone knows, but when you're going through like Reiki attunements, you go through a cleanse afterwards, about like a 30 day cleanse. And I was going through this cleanse. I was really emotional. And Was it like a spiritual cleanse or like a food cleanse or like what kind of a cleanse? It's a spiritual cleanse. So you go through, it's spiritual, but it goes through your emotions and your thoughts and it just brings lots of stuff up to the surface to be cleared. 
Okay. So when I went through this cleanse, I had a point where I was like, really, I was really upset. I can't remember what it was about, but it was something having to do with myself and my self-esteem, how I felt about myself. And I was just in the bathroom crying. And then just all of a sudden, this voice, almost like a voice or like a feeling came over me that told me that I have to leave the person I was with at the time. And because it was so random and I really didn't expect it, I, I got upset. I got angry. I'm like, why? Like, because at the time I didn't understand, like, these weren't things that I had received before because it was such a strong imprint of, of an impression. And from there, there was no going back. So it was at that point, kind of like what I was saying before about kind of resisting. I was resisting that. And I was like, no, I'm not leaving him. Like, you have to give me a good reason. I was like talking to whatever it was up there. <laughs> you have to give me a good reason or else I'm not going to leave. Um, so I was in a state of anxiety for about a year or two. Might have been more so like a year. And around, I guess, yeah, around a year or so, um, I had to, I was living with my mother at the time and I had to leave her house because our relationship just plummeted. So. Um, we just, we were not getting along at all. <laughs> so we, we were arguing a lot and there was a lot of changes going on in her life as well. And we were just clashing. So I had to actually leave her house last minute. I couldn't stay there. So I had to move to my dad's house. And by the time I got to my dad's house, my, my grandfather passed away and he was like a father to me. And that took me even further down into sadness. And I was just confined to a basement for like three months. I didn't want to leave the house. And it was around that time that me and the person I was with at the time, we split up. So I didn't want to leave him. He left me. <laughs> so as much as I was trying to resist letting that relationship go, he ended up leaving me. So I was like, okay, I got that out the way. And I felt so much better. And it was around that time, a few months after that, I saw registration for the intuitive counselor course. Um, same teacher that I took my Reiki courses with. And I had seen it before a few years ago, but I was living with my mother and I knew how I had wanted to do it. So I got the money. I ended up manifesting the money. I didn't know that's what I did at the time, but I manifested the money for it. And once I took that course, my abilities opened up like 200%. So I was able to see things. I was able to feel things and know things um, more than I had ever experienced before. And I had experienced visions before, but nothing like after I had done the course. And the course was about, I think like six weeks. And we got to one week where we were doing the mediumship portion of the course. And um, it was at that point that she brought through a certain being from the Pleiadian star system. And she told me that this being told her that, well, you know, we've been trying to reach you for a while. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's interesting. And uh, she said that the being was telling her that um, they were coming through to help me with the, um, how, how can I say this? Helping me to follow my mission, um, which was a whole slew of things. Um, but I thought that was interesting because it was in 2012 that I had actually had my first experience with a, what is called a star being. 
and I was laying down in meditation and I had just laying down about to go to sleep when I saw this being appear. And I was like, what is that? It, it looked humanoid, but you know, it had a human appearance, but it didn't look exactly like a human. It had a bigger head. The gaze was different. The energy was just different. And when I had that experience, um, the being said, don't be afraid, but his mouth wasn't moving. So he was communicating telepathically. And it was after that, when he said that, I was like, no, go away. I don't want anything to do with you. And I, but I knew he had something important to tell me, but I resisted it. So, and this is what happened in 2012. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> um, but in 2014, um, these beings came back to let me know that they would be supporting me on my mission of helping people to see that they're beings of light and to help bring love and goodness into the planet. So from there, I just, it just continued to grow and to flourish from there. And to evolve. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think kind of before we dive like too much into things, I'd love for you to just um, kind of expand a bit on like some of um, your title in regards to like an Ascension guide. Um, so folks kind of have a better understanding of what it is that you do, which I know you do a lot of different things. So um, <clears throat> because I know that there's going to be people listening to this who are like, what's an ascension guide, you know, I don't fully understand, you know, maybe an energy healer. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to just kind of expand on that for us. Okay. Well, for me, when I decided to take on that title, ascension guide, it was after these many years of going through these different stages of spiritual growth and transformation and having to sink down into my shadow self and then reemerge out of it and sink back into the shadow again. Um, but then noticing the expansion that would occur afterwards and all these different realizations and many awakenings that I experienced over time. So, um, and I had noticed that as I was sinking into my shadow and re-emerging that more of who I truly am was also being expressed you know so anytime I was clearing things and I would come out of the shadow I would be more of who who or what Saida is so more of my authentic self and um, so for me what ascension is is really about being in alignment with your highest self which is why being in a state of Doing what you enjoy is such um, an important thing for me. Something that I'm a huge proponent of is being in your joy and doing what it is that you enjoy because anything that you enjoy is in alignment with your higher self. You know, you're not always going to be happy all the time, um, but only doing that when it comes to activities or let's say what you want to eat, what you, where you want to go. Um, when it comes to how you're expressing yourself, being in a state of joy. Um, so for me, ascension is about living your highest truth at all times and being the embodiment of your higher self. And I feel that my journey of spiritual growth is leading me to that, you know, is, is about that. It's becoming the most authentic, purest expression of my highest self. So I consider myself to be a guide for people that are on that same journey. So, 
when I went through my journey, I, I don't want to say that I was completely alone, but I had to deal with a lot of things by myself. And I appreciate and honor that experience just because it helped me to see through experience, okay, I'm going through this deep shadow period. Um, I've gone through it a hundred times, but I can see it a little bit differently now because I've experienced it so many times. I can just kind of observe and instead of identifying with the experience so much. Um, I do feel that in the initial stages of, of healing and spiritual growth that you have to sink into it. You have to identify with it. That's part of the process. Uh, but basically what I'm trying to say is I like to help people with their process of transformation or shadow work and help them through it and see like, okay, I understand what you're going through. Um, but also giving them a sense of perspective over what's happening so they don't feel like they're alone. And they also see that the process isn't permanent because I think it's easy to feel like, okay, I'm going to go through this forever in the same exact way. Um, as an Ascension guide, I also help people through tools, like tools that they can use on their path. So I like to recommend affirmations to people. I still do my affirmations every single day, morning slash early afternoon. Um, so I give my clients homework to do. If they do wish to consult me for, let's say, I don't know, the um, Earth Angel Counseling or any kind of mentorship, I give my clients homework to do if they have a specific goal in mind. So I'll give them affirmations or activities or uh, certain exercises that they can do to assist in their, in their process. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what I do. But it's basically all of it is just so they can embody their fullest uh, expression. I think it's really interesting, um, at least, you know, it, it, I have been involved, I guess, in the esoteric, metaphysical, spiritual, whatever it is, kind of community for a couple of years now. And I always find it interesting that, you know, the teachers, the guides, like, they usually end up going through that path alone. Like they usually don't have a teacher themselves, you know, who's able to kind of guide them through their process. It's like they end up doing it on their own, which I think is, um, is very important. And I think that it's, it lends itself to a lot of different things. I know within my own journey, my own path that I haven't had anyone guiding me. And there have been multiple times where I would have really liked to have someone guiding me or at least like telling me kind of what's going on. Um, but then I feel like at the same time, I don't know, you know, I think some of us are just more kind of like our temperaments, we're just kind of geared more towards doing it on our own. Do you think that it would have been easier for you to go through if you would have had a guide yourself? I think it would have given me some support along the way, but I don't think it would have changed the process much. I personally think that I chose to do it like that, whether it be physical choice or a choice made ahead of time. I think I made the choice in some way to do it mainly by myself so I could observe and see like what's happening. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's kind of why. Yeah. I think I needed to go through it like that. So, I, you know, having someone to talk to a little bit more about this stuff would have been helpful in just being able to air things out. But 
it wouldn't have really I think there was a part of me that probably would have been like okay no I don't need <laughs> I think there's a part of me that knew I, I was able I would have been able to do it by myself primarily you know did you have any kind of community or anything like that um, maybe like people locally or online even, or within that program that you were involved in, were you, um, introduced to a community where you could kind of like chat back and forth with folks? Yeah. So there was an alumni community for people that have participated in the course. And I was a part of that. But I don't remember really asking any questions, reaching out to anybody. I didn't really. And it's weird. I just I didn't. I feel like I spent more time just kind of like experiencing life and the stuff that I was going through, which was really difficult. But for some reason, I didn't really reach out that much. I think once, maybe a couple of times I asked questions, but it wasn't really in the community. It was through my teacher at the time. Um, but. I don't know. I had a community, but I didn't really engage that much. But that's that's kind of like how I am. I'm a little I'm a bit of a loner. So I <laughs> um, I have a very small circle. Um, and my small circle also understands that I need my space. So even in the small circle, <laughs> I'm not talking to them all day, every day or even every day. Um, and they know that this path even now takes a lot of um, energy, like you know, being in it requires me to have my space. Yeah. So yeah. they know that if they don't care for me for a bit. They know, they know what's going on. And then we kind of meet back up. Oh, so what you doing? What you've been through? What's been going on? And we catch up. But that's, that's like my community is um, people that are on a similar path or on the same wavelength. But um, we don't necessarily consult each other, though, necessarily. We'll express our feelings of what we're going through. But um, it's mainly just to share and to have an ear, yeah. primarily. Mm -hmm. So how is it that you kind of honed your gifts? Like, how, how did you figure out kind of, you know, like, where you really shined and kind of how to focus your gifts? Yeah. That's a good question. I think, I think it was just through um, doing uh, readings for a few years and just constantly practicing that. I mean, if, even though I was I'm getting paid for it, I was getting paid for it. I still consider that to be practice because you're constantly having to tune into your abilities. And through tuning into your abilities, you're like learning more about them. You know, you're seeing like there are certain things that I learned in the course that I kind of had to pull back from a little bit, actually, and be like, actually, no, that's not the way that I receive information. You know, that's not the way it's coming through for me. So um, it was through noticing those differences and allowing myself to be flexible that I was like, OK, this is more my thing. And that's this is how it was taught. But this is how it's coming through for me. This is how it's happening for me. Um also just through experiences in meditation with my guides um, and with my higher self, that's where I was able to see um, more of who I was, more of who I am, um, what I've experienced before. Um, also just honestly, natural affinities to certain things, to certain like Egypt, that's still there. <laughs> so the affinity to that that's been there from childhood is still there. So I know that that is a very strong part of my mission 
and what I'm here to bring through. Um, and constantly being in touch with angels, star beings. So being in touch with them is what helped me to see like, okay, so this is kind of like, you know, my niche. This is, you know, what I'm here to express. So it's just through mainly through like experience and seeing like what I gravitated to the most, what I was called to work with the most. Yeah, I love your I, I love your posts on Instagram um, when you're introducing angels and kind of your experience with them and doing the meditations. I always think like this is so awesome. This is why I love social media. <laughs> because you can, I mean, like having that, um, being able to. Well, first of all, you know, like we all have our own gifts. We all have our own special way of interpreting how we experience the supernatural, the whatever it is you want to call it. Um, and when there are folks such as yourself who can get online and share so openly about what your experiences are, and then also like provide the ability to introduce you to them as well. I just think it's awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you, uh, I found on your website that you have been in the Akashic Records, that like you've been a reader for several lifetimes. So I started reading the Akashic Records earlier this year. and um, And it has been such an incredible journey for me. But I wanted to ask you kind of like how you found out that this is something that you have been doing for like many lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Mainly through visions and meditation, Uh, visions and meditation, dreams, uh, spirit guidance, and then also guidance from my teacher at the time. So all those things kind of came together and helped me to see like, okay, you know, this is something that that's a part of me and has been a part of me. I mean, it's pretty much all the same thing, um, but it's a part of me. And this is what, this is what I do. Um, for, um, for myself, um, some of the reading of the Akashic records, like I had provided a certain service for that. And I had a certain process by which I would do it for somebody else. But I also have a certain way of doing it where it's more natural. I'm just, for me, I'm just naturally tuned into that. That's just, that's just kind of like where my soul alignment is. Um, so I have a process by which you do it for somebody, somebody's specific records, but there is also just a natural attunement because of how old I am <laughs> in terms of like how, how many lifetimes of experience that I've had. It's just a natural attunement. So you don't, um, and this is a little bit geeky for folks who don't know what the Akashic Records are, but um, do you use anything like, I assume you don't then use anything like the pathway prayer or anything like that to tune into the, the records? You just kind of are able to tune in naturally? For, if it's for a specific person, yes. Um, so if somebody wants me to tune in for them, yes, I have like a prayer that I do and things like that. Uh, but if it's for, like, let's say if it's earth history or information like that, or information, let's say about the mechanics of the universe, that's just, that's just natural. I don't have to necessarily do a prayer for that. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so in regards to like learning these different things, and I know you work with angels, you work with 
varies. You, I would love to know, like, I would assume that maybe it kind of changes who you most enjoy working with at the time, but I'd love to know like a little bit about who, who you're really, you know, connecting with right now, who's really coming in for you. Um, Hmm. On some level. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. (laughs) You know, I feel like they're all kind of there at the same time. Um, My main categories would be angels um so archangels archangels but then also um other orders of angels as well um angels star beings and um fairies but also uh spirit animals okay spirit animals is actually getting a little bit stronger right now so that connection is strengthening the angel slash star being connection i would say would be the two strongest ones and the fairies are there also um but the attunement isn't as strong in that direction yeah. so right now it's angelic slash star being and the animal connection is strengthening i love 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 connecting with my spirit animals i get like giddy happy like almost immediately like i just kind of start bubbling over whenever I see them like in my meditation or if I'm doing a journey or something like that, it's just instantaneous, like totally shifts my energy so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love them. Yeah, they, and they come through so cute. They're so <laughs> sweet and, and, you know, obviously very powerful, but sometimes they have a certain way that comes through. That's like really sweet. And I love that about them too. I, you feel the medicine that they offer, but also the love that they have with them. Yeah. And that's really what I like about them. I think it's, I think it's like the love and then the, um, so when I first uh, went on a shamanic journey to go meet my spirit animals, um, my first one was a lion and his name is Aslan. And I mean, I was just like arms wrapped around his mane, like all up in his hair. Like, I mean, like he was a stuffed toy or something like that. But I mean, that's just, there's so much love there. Every time I see him, I have this other uh, black Pegasus, which is very similar. And then I have a black Panther who just kind of like protects me. We don't ever mm. like really kind of engage as like, we'll talk a little bit, but like more he's just there, I think is protection. But the interactions that I have with Aslan are just, or and even Star are like, again, it just 100% lights me up immediately. I to have a interaction like that in my you know in in meditation or on a journey with something like a lion and I haven't I haven't ever even been one of these people who liked big cats. That's like I feel like that's not a good way to go out, so I'm <laughs> never really <laughs> wanted to mess with them. <laughs> So it was very surprising to me um, when when he showed up, but I just man couldn't get enough of that. I I love animals so much. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the. Well. Uh, who do you mind sharing who your spirit animals are? Like your maybe your closest. Yeah, sure. Um, the owl came to me first. Mm, I love owls. Yeah. They're cool. 
owl, um, whale. And there's one specific one that's working with me at the moment, and that's eagle. Mm. That's that's a new one. Mm-hmm. Whales. Yeah, so. I feel like the ocean animals are just, I mean, I don't know. They've. I feel like they're probably some of the most connected animals on the planet, easily. <laughs> so much. I really do. Um, from what I've experienced, there is an animal within each energy center. Hmm. So if you like, yeah. So if you like, like each chakra, each- mm-hmm. really? Oh, yeah, I was reading like this each- on your website. Yeah. Yeah. Within each chakra, there is, I feel like each chakra is like an aspect of you. It's an aspect of your existence. It's like its own world in a way. Mm-hmm. So each animal is there helping you with each of these aspects, you know, in, your energy centers so if you journey into each one of your chakras you and set an intention for meeting the animal within each one you'll see them interesting Interesting. Hmm. that's so funny because literally as soon as you were saying that I'm like I just read that and I'm like I just read that on your website (laughs) 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 so um like in regards to you know, uh, something I'm really curious about, especially within within people who are really working in the spiritual realms, like, how do you care for yourself? Like, you know, do you drink alcohol? Do you engage in, like, you know, plant medicine? Do you, like, where are these things at in your life? I'm always very curious about kind of how people take care of themselves. Because I know um, for myself, you know, like um, not drinking alcohol has made such an enormous difference with my connection with myself um, Mm -hmm. and all of that. But I'm always curious to find out how others kind of engage. Mm -hmm. I do have a standard, like like a standard practice or things that... I do. So like spending time in nature is really big for me. Um, I honestly, I realized that over the last year or so though, how important it is. I didn't, I didn't do that much before. Um, and I heard about how important it was like, yeah, whatever, you know, (laughs) I mainly just started engaging with that practice, uh, within the past year and I've seen such a difference. So now that is a big part of my practice of self-care is spending time in nature. Um, drinking a lot of water, uh, meditation. Um, but I would say that it really depends on the day. I go by like day to day. Okay, Saida, what do you feel like doing? What do you feel like eating? You know, what what do you feel like engaging in today? Because I feel like every day your energy is going to be different. You're going to be attuned in a slightly different direction. Your emotions might be different. Uh, your mental state might be a little bit different, you know, depending on what's going on. So honestly, some days, let's say um, I'll go out into nature, I'll spend an hour there. Some days I'm called to stay home and just kind of spend time in bed looking at the ceiling. For me, that's a big part of self-care is just kind of like sitting there and doing nothing. Um, Some days when it comes to, let's say, like diet, some days I'm guided to eat more light, have a salad, you know, eat some salmon and some days I'm guided to something that's a little bit more fatty 
<laughs> you know, or something that's a little bit more dense. It really does depend on me and where I'm at throughout the day. Um, but for me, that's a part of the heart and soul attunement is just seeing, okay, what's needed for me at every second? What's going to bring me the most fulfillment? Uh, before, I was doing meditation daily. And the intention was to sink inward and to tune into kind of like that peaceful void space. Uh, but now I don't have to do that as much. So my practice is changing and I had to be open to that. Like, I don't need to meditate like how I used to before. So now I could sit in my space and not necessarily sink into myself, but just sit there and just kind of look around and, <laughs> you know, just sit. Some days it's just listening to music. That That is what connects me. So it's basically just like a daily practice of tuning in and see what does my body need? What does my soul need right now? That's going to bring me the most contentment. So in regards to working with other people, is this kind of something that you help, you know, teach them to do as well? Yes. Because I, I mean, I feel like that's such a, I know for myself, that's something that I'm in the middle of. <laughs> there's a, there's a group that I'm a part of, um, you know, for like healthy gut or something like that. And someone was asking the other day, like, what's, what's the biggest thing that you're doing for yourself right now? And I was like, patience. <laughs> patience to take the time to check in, you know, do I want to eat this thing? Is my body, you know, does my body want this right now or, or doesn't it? It's such a, it's such a huge practice. Um, what, what are some of like the benefits of this for folks? Do you believe? I feel like when people do that, they're overall just going to feel better they're going to notice that they're in alignment. Uh, they're more at peace. I feel like sometimes when we're feeling off balance, um, depending on what's going on, you know, I can't say absolutely definitely, because uh, it really depends on the person, um, that when you do what you're called to do, that you feel more at peace, you feel more at ease. So, and I was talking about this on my Instagram as well, about my workouts, you know, before, you know, cause I'm very disciplined. So I, you know, once I start a routine, I like to stick to it, but I had to start opening myself up to like, you know, this is too much for me, you know, where I'm going, like, I can't do this anymore. So I had to open myself up to just doing yoga on a day where in the past I would have done a HIIT workout, which was like, I felt like way too stressed afterwards. So I feel like when you're constantly tuning in to what you need at any given moment, you just, you're overall tuned into your soul. You're tuned into your heart. So you're always in, in tune with what is going to be in alignment with your highest good. And that's going to lead you to more fulfillment overall. That's what I believe. Um, I do feel like with each person, it's going to be different depending on their journey. Uh, so for each client, when I work with them, I tune in and see like, okay, what does this person need? So <laughs> I'll tune into them. Some people do need a routine, like, okay, you need to dedicate and commit yourself to a meditation practice, or you need to commit yourself to eating a certain kind of diet. Um, but when you get to a certain point, I feel of kind of like going along with that routine, you can kind of get a little bit flexible and saying, okay, do, is this still in alignment with me? Is this routine still what I need? Because it's going to change. It's not always going to be like that. Right. So it's, yeah, it definitely shifts. I mean, I know this year for me, that has shifted so hard. And it's, 
kind of, I, I, I saw your post. I think I commented on, on the one specifically about the workout. Not sure if I did. I did in my head, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I'm so there with you and it's been so frustrating for me this year because, um, because I am such typically like very disciplined and on top of it. And this year, just like my body just hasn't been wanting it. And I really yeah. had to battle with that back and forth, you know, within my own head being like, oh no, you're not following through on what you're supposed to be doing. And, um, what are you going to be eating today? Cause you didn't really get much of a workout and you know, like you're sitting down a lot throughout the day because you work like, is this really working you out enough? You know, all of those thoughts in a, in conflict with my body being like, I'm tired <laughs> and, and really having to, to listen and to, you know, be like, okay, body, I'm going to honor you and, and do what you want instead. Those are huge shifts. I feel like. Right. Um, and especially like besides the workout thing with anything really, but with food, um, that's something that I've been learning about as well where I was noticing when I was just really trying to like, okay, make sure I get all these vegetables in this day, avoid certain foods. I would find that I would go in the complete opposite direction the next week. I'm like, okay, something is off. (laughs) Okay. Something is off because, um, I, and what I got when I tuned in, it's like, okay, it has to be more balanced, you know? So every day tuning in, like, okay, what do I want to eat today? Sometimes it is something that it, some people would consider, okay, that's not healthy, but I feel like I'm not going to eat like that all the time. If I just listen to my craving and I satisfy it, you know, and I'm going to know, okay, I need to stop now. Okay. I've had enough, you know? So, but it takes constantly doing that to get to a point where you're comfortable enough with yourself and you trust yourself enough to know that if I just satisfy this craving, I'm not going to go crazy. It's when you don't satisfy it that you start binging and you just start going crazy because you're, um, you're depriving yourself. You know, and it's not going to kill you if you eat it once. Like, and I have my dessert days on the weekend and sometimes I go beyond the weekend and it's, it's fine. You know, and <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> so just being flexible with my diet as well. And some days it's like, okay, yeah, I want the vegetables today. I want to have a salad. I want to, I want to keep things light today. You know, has your, has your diet changed? Like kind of since your vibration has elevated? Have you noticed changes like that? It's a really good question. It's a really good question. My vibration has shifted so much just within this year. So when I've had some shifts earlier this year, I was called to eat certain things, like to avoid certain kinds of food. At the place that I'm at right now, I feel like my diet has shifted again but in the sense where I'm not identifying with the food that I eat, where it's kind of hard to describe, but basically I feel like I can eat whatever I want at this point. And it actually, it doesn't matter because I've gone, I've come to a space where I'm just observing. I'm not necessarily engaging as much. <laughs> um, so I feel like I'm at this point now where life is just being lived through me. So there isn't necessarily anything wrong with anything that I choose to eat. And same thing applies where if I eat too much of something, I'm like, okay, 
I know I'm pushing the envelope now, like, okay, time to back off. But that's just a natural, that's just because I have a natural attunement to myself. I know when I've gone too far and I need to pull back or I know where I'm about to reach that point where like, okay. But at this point, I don't have any, any strict kind of restrictions on my diet. You know, I just, um, I eat what I feel called to eat. But in the past, yes, my diet was like, okay, I, I was eating very little actually in the shifts earlier this year. Um, I was doing more juicing. I was having more like natural juices, eating more kale, chard, you know, having days where I would limit consumption of certain foods, um, let's say to three, four times a week. But now it's, and that could be temporary too. I don't know. But at this point, I don't have any, any restrictions. So I was curious to know, um, cause I definitely want to, uh, get your feedback on kind of, you know, the things that are happening this year, like the big stuff. But I was really curious um, if you have seen a trend in, in things that your clients are coming to you for since we've, you know, since the new year's really started, which I think was really kind of some somewhere in February. Um, but certainly since the lockdown, if you've seen like, folks coming to you and in, in waves for, for specific things? Absolutely. I have found that more recently, um, ever since things have really amplified energetically, that a lot of people are trying to figure out how they can live in such a way that's most fulfilling for them. A lot of people are being guided to leave their jobs. Um, a lot of people are being guided to leave their marriages. You know, a lot of people are, are being guided to make shifts in their life. Um, people are seeing where something is not, it's not in balance. Um, so people have come to a threshold when it comes to their lives and they feel that something needs to change because they have changed. So I feel like a lot of my clients are coming to me with having to deal with these shifts where, you know, I don't know what's going on and it's scary. Like, I don't know what to do. And this is where, because of all the years that I've had to deal with this stuff over and over again, where, you know, I can say it's scary. That's, that's a part of it. The fear is natural. You know, the fear of having to go out of your comfort zone and let's say leave your job, you know, and to do what calls to your heart. That's a natural thing because the ego doesn't understand what's going on. It's used to stability. You know, it wants to be able to see what's going to happen. It wants to be able to know logically what's going to occur. And because the ego does not have, um, it doesn't really have that control because the heart is guiding you now. And the heart always has its own sense of knowing, but it's aligned to the energy of spirit, you know, which says that you're always safe. You're always protected, you know, as long as you follow your heart. So the ego, the ego brings up that fear just to protect you. That's all. So you know, based on my experience, I'm able to provide that because I've had to go through a lot within the past, before 2020, going from 2019 into this year, I've had three jobs fall through. And that was basically spirit. Like you're not meant to be in these kinds of jobs anymore. So you're, you're, you know, now is time for you to step into who you really are and what you're here to do. And now I'm seeing a lot of other people saying, okay, I won't, I, I'm not feeling this anymore. 
you know, so what do I do? So that's where we kind of talk about, okay, what do you feel called to do? What is in your heart of hearts to do? And where would you like to see things going for yourself? What's your direction? And then we'll see, you know, what, what needs to be worked on, where they can put their attention or whatever each client needs individually. So what does that look like? What does that look like? You know, if someone comes to you and they say like, Hey, um, I'm in a relationship and I'm with a great person and, uh, I feel very connected to them. I feel very comfortable with them, but something's not right. And it's been bothering me for a long time. And, you know, I, I write out the pros and cons list and it's really like, there's a lot more pros than cons, but there's just something not clicking. Like, how do you, you know, and that could be a job too. Like, how do you kind of guide them through that process? Mm. Or do you, I guess my question is like, I I assume there's like a a mixture of, of the, I'll let you talk (laughs) 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 before I even confuse Um, myself. (laughs) It's okay. I, I understand what you mean. So it really depends on the person that I'm working with. Um, So I tune into them, see what's going on, and I give them an idea of what's happening on an energetic level. Uh, For some people, I will sense, okay, your intuition is guiding you in a certain way, whether it be to leave your job or to leave a certain, you know, situation, a relationship. So sometimes it's as simple as follow your intuition. You know, you're feeling it. So, you know, just follow it. For some people, It's like, okay, your intuition is telling you something, but I'm sensing that timing is a factor here. So we need to kind of like see, okay, how the path is unfolding and that will determine how you go about the situation. Because sometimes these situations take care of themselves. You don't even necessarily have to do anything. They just kind of unfold in a natural way that puts you exactly where you need to be. And, um, you know, so it really depends on the person and the specific situation. Um, for some people, it's it can be a very emotionally taxing situation where they're so overwhelmed by their emotions that they don't know how to go about it. And sometimes it's like, okay, take care of yourself, sit in the emotions, journal, write it out, you know, meditate on them. And then from there, we'll see what we're going to do. Because sometimes when there's too much emotional energy there, it can cloud your judgment and your vision. And sometimes things just require you to wait, you know, so um, it depends on each person. But basically, it's a mixture of me tuning into their energy um, to see what's going on on a deeper level and then guiding them from there. So when you tune into their energy, um, do you just like I know if I'm reading someone's Akashic Records, and this was just, you know, kind of how I was was taught. Um, and, and I think just kind of what comes naturally too, is I just tell them exactly what I see, even if it totally doesn't make sense to me. And I really try to stay detached from my, you know, translation of what I might be seeing and what it might be meaning. Like, where is that kind of middle line for you? Um, like, do you just kind of tell them or do you kind of get involved in that process too? Mm. Typically I just let them know what I'm seeing. How I like to do it with my consultations is I I typically ask them, okay, how would you like to go about this? Um, That's mainly for my repeat clients. They know how I work. So I'm like, okay, how do you want to go about this? But for people that I tune into, let's say for the first time that have never worked with me before, I'll just tune into them. I'm like, don't tell me anything. 
I don't want to know anything. <laughs> um, so tune into them and see what I'm shown in their energy field. And typically it's shown to me uh, right away. And I'll let them know what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling from them. And they'll confirm for me, okay, yeah, that's correct. I'm feeling like that. Or, you know, this is what's going on. And from there, they'll ask me whatever question they have. Because sometimes people don't actually have a question. They just want to, they just want to see like, okay, what are you seeing? You know, and um, they just want to be able to vent and talk. Um, but typically for people that have questions, I'll ask, okay, what is it exactly that you would like to know about the situation? You know, and then we'll go from there and I'll tell them what they need to know. Uh, spirit does not show me every single thing. Uh, so if I am not able to see something, I see that as being the divine guidance. Like, okay, um, we'll just have to kind of play it by ear <laughs> because I'm not being shown. So obviously something is veiled for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what to do with that. Makes sense. You know? Makes sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the, um, <laughs> when you don't get anything, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Those can be the uncomfortable moments in any kind of a reading, I think, um, until I, I feel like until it's there is a understanding and a faith and a trust um, in knowing that that's what that means. You know, just that like it's either not there yet or you're not supposed to know yet or whatever the case may be. When you were kind of um, growing into your gifts, did you ever have issues with like trusting yourself and um, trusting your messages, those kinds of things? Big time. Absolutely. <laughs> I had so much trouble with that. I really did. Like, I feel like when I was just getting into it, like when I had just taken the course and I was expanding and evolving, I was a little bit more... I, I trusted myself a little bit more because I didn't know how all of this was supposed to work. So I was like, okay, well, whatever pops into my head, I'll just say, like, I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm just learning about this. It was actually a little while, let's say, I don't know, let's say two years after I started to really get into it. And I was doing reading professionally, like at spiritual shops where I started to have more issues with trusting myself because I felt like I had something to prove. Because people come in there and they want you to, you know, if you can't tell me this information, then you're not a good reader or you're not a good whatever. And for me, it went from being in a place of curiosity and wonder, which I had in the beginning, to just trying to be accurate. And that really just threw me off because it's like, you have to give me, <laughs> you have to give me the right answer. And that can really close you off. Um, and it was from there that I really started to question myself. Like, I don't know if this is correct, especially because there are certain things that I'm seeing that I, I'm not sure if they're right and I won't know until later on, you know? So part of what helped me to become more confident in my abilities was seeing how things would be more accurate down the line. Uh, but, um, but then also just going into a space of surrender. He's feeling like, you know, it's not up to me to be right all the time. And if I'm not right, that doesn't mean anything about me as a person. And it doesn't mean that I'm, that I'm not here to do what I'm meant to do. So I, it, some of it was through practice and getting more confidence in my skills. But some of it was really, a lot of it was just about honoring myself as a human being. It's like, regardless of what happens, I'm still meant to do this. That doesn't make any difference. And I'm still me. and 
loving myself was really what helped me to be able to be more confident. That's a powerful place to be. It's a really powerful yeah. place to be. So in regards for like, you know, people working with you, um, what kind of services do you offer? So I offer consultations and I also let people know um, that when we do these consultations, it's, it's really to help people get a sense of what's going on on different levels. It's not a quick fix for anything. Nothing that I offer is a quick fix. I require people to be engaged in their journey and engaged in their process. So, um, so I do offer consultations that help people to get a clearer view as to what's going on. But I tell people that, you know, it's still up to you to live your life. I can't live it for you. And that's really how we explore more about ourselves as human beings, as spiritual beings. Um, so I offer healing as well, healing sessions and different kinds of healing sessions because there's so much out there that you could bring through. Um, so people will see that there's a lot of variety on there. Um, but what I really like to focus on with people is mentorship um, and helping people to come to a space of realizing who they are on many different levels as a spiritual being, as a physical being, as a mental, emotional all of those aspects together. And that's what makes you, you, um, and just helping people to, to work through life's many ups and downs and seeing how all of that is part of the spiritual journey, whether you realize it or not, as long as you're aware of it and acknowledge it. Yeah. Do you see like a, a huge shift in people when they realize who they are? I do actually do. I feel like people have less fear. They don't fear as much. So because they have less fear, they're able to go after those things that they've been wanting to do for a while, but maybe they questioned, you know, like, I don't know if this is going to work or I don't know. But I feel like once you realize who you are, you, you, you're able to create so much you know, you're able to bring so much into your experience and through your thoughts and your actions, what you bring into the world through your actions, you know, so what you have the courage to bring. I feel like once you, once you understand your nature, the fear really just, a lot of it just goes away, you know, so, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I would think too. I mean, do you think that self-worth is kind of wrapped up with fear or do you think that that's kind of a separate major obstacle because I feel like when I when I look at people like within my own clients the people that I've worked with over the years whether in my agency or you know in my uh consulting it's like there's fear then there's self-worth right and I feel like those are two like major things that just kind of undercut everything and I've often thought about like are these the same you know I think that they're tied into each other. Um, I feel like hmm, that's such a deep question. And I feel like we could really sink into that. I feel like we could really sink into that topic. But I feel like when, when people don't understand their worth and they don't understand, I feel like when someone doesn't understand their worth, they don't know the totality of who and what they are you know, and how precious they are as a being, 
you know, whether they're spiritual or not, just they don't they don't understand the full momentum of what they're bringing into the world. And I feel like when you don't know that, you kind of allow your ego to kind of control things, you know? And I feel like you can't move from a place of trust if you don't even, if you don't trust yourself because you don't understand how important you are. Um, And I feel that can bring people into a state of fear because there's uncertainty within themselves, you know? So I, I do feel like they're connected to each other. I could, like I said, I could really sink into that. <laughs> I would need like time to like really sit with it. Yeah, no, it's one of those things that I've kind of been going back and forth on just kind of in my head, right? It's like self-worth, trust, fear, self-worth, trust, fear, you know, like those just kind of going back and forth in between them. I think that there's a lot there. Um, So kind of shifting gears a little bit, I'd love to get your perspective on what you think is happening in 2020. I mean, like, we've got the pandemic, you know, uh, social injustice, we've got the fires now. I mean, it's just, I'd love to hear what you think is happening in 2020. (laughs) What I feel, what we're seeing in 2020 is what on some level happens every few thousand years with the earth is going through a shift, a transformation and upheaval um, because we're going through a, hmm, um, how can I say this? I'm feeling it in the sense of groups of people, but I'm trying to see like in terms of like the earth and the collective, we're going through a collective shift where the energy of the earth is shifting because we reached to a stage where things are ready to go to the next level. But in order for things to go to another level or another state of living for everyone on the planet, the old has to be cleared out. So with whether it be the social injustice in, in this country, a lot of what has, what has been coming up is stuff that's always been there, but there is a tendency to not want to acknowledge it. And this is the same thing that happens with human beings when we don't acknowledge our shadows and we don't acknowledge that which has caused pain uh, for ourselves, it tends to explode and it tends to cause all all of these problems, which is what we're seeing in the country right now. Um, When it comes to natural stuff, I feel like it's Mother Earth also purging herself um, from anything that she's absorbed. you know, from us living here for however long. Um, but I do feel that we're, we are moving into a, um, a space where we can plant the seeds of what is called the new earth. Um, but when I, when I speak of the new earth, I don't mean that it's just going to be love and light and that we're only going to have spiritual people on the planet. It's not going to be like that. So I, I, but I know that in some spiritual circles that they do feel that way, that it's the new earth is going to be people that are ascended or that it's going to be uh, just a place where nothing could go wrong. And I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's ever going to be like that. There, we live on a physical planet. There's going to be duality. You know, it's, I do feel like that's just how it is for us. But I do feel that the foundation by which the earth is set upon is going to be a bit different. 
you know, so whatever we've been doing for a while that has been toxic to people or the planet is going to change. You know, it's hard for me to say exactly what that's going to look like. Um, but I feel that we're just getting rid of baggage that has kept us from moving forward. Um, and I feel like that's what we're seeing now, but it has happened um, before. From what spirit has shown me, and this is something that has come, that came through for me, um, I think it was, it was last year in 2019. It was, um, I believe it was Archangel Metatron that brought this through, that there's going to be a generational shift. And for some time, we've had certain groups of people that have been on the planet, but coming um, at the time, it was like coming in the future or what's happening and we're in the process of doing is shifting to a new generation of people that are going to carry the imprints of Orion. Whereas before, a lot of people, I feel like, carried like a Syrian kind of imprint. So the energy of Sirius. Um, and I was told that the people that are going to be coming through have more of an Orion energy, which brings us back to the original, um, spiritual instructions for this planet. So it brings us directly in, in connection with the divine mind, you know, so with this energy of remembering our divine nature, our nature as divine beings. Uh, wherever we came from. So when I was shown that this has happened before, let's say in the time of Atlantis or Lemuria or other other times on the planet where this has taken place. Like even with, you know, if you have the Hopi, um, the Hopi legends, they talk about the destruction of of the different worlds that has happened over time. So we're just we're going through the same thing, basically. Do you I have like 50 questions now. <laughs> um, so I guess my first question is, uh, do you think that we're going to be successful in that? Successful, um, well, successful in what sense, Successful I guess. in, um, because I definitely believe too that like we're shifting. We are being asked to kind of step up to the plate. You know, systems are not working. They haven't been working for long periods of time. The inequalities, the, I mean, like, we have abused everything. We abuse each other. We abuse our animals. We abuse this planet. We abuse our resources. Like, we've abused everything. So, of course, <laughs> you know, for every mm -hmm. action, there is a reaction. And at some point, that pendulum was going to swing the other way. You know, we've gotten away with so much. Um, my my question is always something kind of that I come back to is like, I feel like in order for us to be able to take that step, you know, it has to be a conscious decision. And I feel like there has, not that everyone on the planet has to make that choice, but there has to be enough of us to make that decision, you know? And I think that that's kind of the question that I always come back to is like, have we, have we learned yet? Have we, you know, like we have an election coming up and this is, <laughs> I don't want to dive too far into politics, you know, but it's like, have we learned our lesson yet? Have we said enough is enough yet? Have we, you know, like your clients are saying, like, have we decided, okay, I'm not in, I need to get out of this relationship. I am, and you know, I've had enough of this bad relationship or this bad work 
situation or this bad whatever. Like, I wonder if it's, if we've actually gone through enough to make that decision. Yeah. I see what you mean. I feel that it's hard for me to say, um, whether I feel we'll be successful in the sense where everything is going to be the complete opposite of what it ha- what has been. But I feel that part of it is <laughs> part of it is our free will. Like that's a good question how we learn. But I also feel like the push that's happening, there's so much happening that it's like whether we like it or not, we're going in this direction. You know, so I do feel like there's a bit of divine orchestration there that's happening. Um, I do feel like there's going to be some progress made, you know. So I do feel like there's going to be some progress made. How that's going to look, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I do feel like we're going to make some progress. So I'm, I'm curious to see how things are going to happen. Regardless of what happens, you know, I feel like we'll be fine. <laughs> It's just that fine for, you know, fine people have a certain definition of what fine looks like, you know? Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's like with people, let's say like myself or you, I know I'm going to be fine and I know you're going to be fine. We're going to be okay in terms of like, we'll be able to deal with whatever happens. We'll be able to work through whatever occurs. I mean, even like, let's say at some point when we pass, I'll be like, it'll be fine. (laughs) You know, so, you know, so. I, I do feel like we're going to make some progress and I feel like it's going to be okay because I feel, I do feel like there is divine orchestration that's occurring in, in, in conjunction with our free will. So that's kind of like where I am with it. I personally, I still don't know, <laughs> but yeah. I'm going with what I feel is at play here. You know? Yeah. Well, we, I mean, it's, you know, it's always an interesting conversation because of course nobody knows, nobody can be, you know, totally sure or positive or any of those things. Um, and I'm always very curious about different perspectives and what people are seeing right now. And I, so much of, I think the way that I view things, I just kind of look at humans in general and what our human nature is. And it's like, we don't learn things until we lose everything. You know, and I just wonder, it's like, okay, (laughs) how much are we going to have to lose, you know, in order to, to make that decision? Because I, I mean, I feel like divine will or, you know, like the, what is happening, it's almost like since the lockdown began from the very beginning, like my podcast came out right in the beginning of when we went into lockdown. And like, mm-hmm. you know, spirit, God was like totally every, every topic I was going to talk about every week is like, nope, <laughs> this is what you're talking about. Nope. This is what you're talking about. Um, and it was like, from the very kind of beginning, I could see people going in these two directions, you know, some were like really, um, uh, elevating in this process. And then others were like completely going the other direction. Um, but it's it's just like all right what what's going to happen in the end <laughs> you know like where are we going to end up well i i just want to mention too that there are some people that um i look at like there's few angel channels and let me just say that a lot of them they don't know either like so for sure so yeah there's some people that i'm like 
they're in direct contact with angels as well, speaking to them and bringing through the messages, but also saying they're not giving me any, they're not giving us any kind of guidance beyond just, you know, what they brought through, which is not necessarily how things are going to end. They're just kind of, <laughs> kind of just every step of the way, it's like step by step. Totally. That's one day at a time. Yeah, they're taking, we're, <laughs> The angels are taking it one day at a time, just like we are. So it's really interesting to see that it's like they don't want to reveal too much to us. And for a good reason, I guess. So it's like... I think that's why it's like, it's our decision. I feel like that's why I always come back mm -hmm. to like, okay, what are we going to decide as a collective? And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to send out all the happy juju for, <laughs> for everyone that I possibly can. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know love and uh you know we've got to make it through this so yeah all right lady well um we are going to jump into our lightning round here and close out <laughs> i could talk to you all day long uh, <laughs> um okay so are you ready yes dum, dum, dum. i need like music <laughs> okay. okay first question what is one habit that you can't live without? Oh, um, <laughs> eating. <laughs> That's so good. That's so valid. <laughs> Food. Yeah, I feel that. Okay. Uh, number two, what does spirituality mean to you? Being yourself like that all right mm -hmm. number three what is your advice for someone who's looking to find their purpose treat your heart like a cave and sit in it and then see what emerges hmm. i like it okay and final question where can people connect with you online <laughs> <laughs> um okay so i think the easiest way because i have a website but i feel like probably just through instagram would be easiest because that's like an easy username the website's a little long um so if you go to my instagram it's I'm going to spell it, but I'm just going to say it first. Uh, Saida underscore Nur. So it's S as in Sam, A-I-E, D as in David, A-H as in house, and then underscore, and then N as in Nancy, U, and R as in Robert. Okay. We'll, we'll put um, both your website and your Instagram on the, in the show notes. So, and, uh, you also, do you have a YouTube channel as well? I actually do. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember like the name because it's my first name, uh, but it still has my um, old like last name that I use when I was doing readings at the spiritual shops, which is Luna. So if people go to Saida Luna on YouTube, they'll be able to find me. Okay. I do have a YouTube channel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll link it up for him. Keep it easy. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for spending some time with me, Saida. So fun to have you. 
Yeah, this was great. Good conversation. Yeah, I, I, I could really talk to you all day. So we'll have to have you back on again for sure. <laughs> I love that. I would love that. This was really good. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Here. Thank you. All right, folks, that wraps up today's episode. And now I'm curious, what did you learn today? Head over to our website via the link in the show notes. Leave your comments on today's post or find us on social media at Soul Driven Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. If you are inspired by today's message, please share this episode and leave a review on iTunes. It helps us to get in front of more folks. And sign up for our email list to receive updates and free tools and resources that are only shared with that community. As always, don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next week.